Mick McKay here. Welcome back to the Flatback 4 podcast. Today we're discussing Saipan, Roy Keane, and if Kenner dreams of a team of Gary Brains, Damien Duff, and Steve Finnan. Right, so lads, we're going to talk about the Ireland 2002 World Cup journey and obviously the, all the things that went around it. So, first of all, it's it starts off with the qualifying group. We're in a group um, with Portugal, Holland, Estonia, Cyprus, and Andorra. So, two names obviously jump out straight away at you. That's Portugal and that's um, Holland. And we end the group finishing second with 24 points, obviously level on points of Portugal. Um, who Portugal obviously go on to automatically qualify for the World Cup and we have to play that dodgy qualifying game against Iran um, so obviously we, we go on and beat Iran to, to go through but first of all we finish above that Holland team by four points ahead of them Dixon what a team that was obviously the likes of Clyde Van Nistelrooy Van der Sar to name a few Overmars was in his pomp at that stage so how big of an achievement was that and what was that down to was, was any kind of player standing out there or was just a case of the Irish spirit uh, beating the kind of the kind of Dutch. Yeah, I think it was probably a bit of both. Um, obviously, that Dutch team was just quality all over the park. Over Mars in his prime, Clivert, as you say, uh, Van der Sar, a quality keeper as well. Um, you have to remember that game at Lansdowne Road was just epic. Um, if you remember, Roy Keane put reducer on Mark over Over Mars straight away. I think they're. If Keno hadn't a left, I think there might have been a statue outside Lansdowne Road with that tackle. Um, and then obviously McAteer as well, the goal. So there were some great, great individual performances, but the Irish team spirit just shone through there, I think. Yeah, 100%. And just to stay on the Holland team, they got to the semis in France 98 and they got to the semis in Euro 2000. Um, and also that Portugal team, kind of, we finished level on points with them. It's obviously, they, get, they finished on plus 26 goals, us on plus 18. So, Absolutely amazing achievement to even get to the, the World Cup finals at all. Amazing, uh, absolutely amazing. Like as uh, Dixon and yourself say, there, like some of the names that come off that Dutch side, and they're excluding the likes of Hasselbank and his pomp and uh, Van Huydonk, who's still around scoring goals. Young Van Bronckhorst, who did put one, I think, in uh, Holland against us. He was coming through at Rangers, but that Portugal side again. I think we drew twice with them one one, if I remember. That's correct, um, yeah. I think uh, Matty Holland, you know, True, yeah. you know, scored one. Uh, but that Portugal side had like likes of Conceição, Ego, you know, Rui Costa, to name a few there. It's a serious side. And to come on level points with them, just to miss out on goal difference, some achievement. And it is that Irish spirit that it always is. You know, we have that, you know, bite. And especially to have a player like Roy Keane, your leader, pushing that side like there was no better midfielder out there in line with Zidane at the time he's such a competitor and he drove that side each and every game I think he was a top scorer in the whole um, qualifying campaign correct before. yeah correct and I mean he, he got us there Roy Keane got us there I'm not saying any other players there didn't of course it's a full team but that man set standards and for those standards to be met by the rest of the squad, it needed Keane's input, power, and that leadership. And that's the Irish spirit. But the Irish fans as well. I give the Irish fans credit. We have the best fans in the world. Oh, that's certainly true. I think a lot, of, a lot of countries will have us down as the best fans. Um, Chrissy, I'll just stay with that, that Ireland team and obviously qualifying. Um, 
we have that tricky match in Iran that we, we go on to win. But we go, as Kenneth said, we, we drew the two games with Portugal. We drew uh, away with the Netherlands and we actually beat the Netherlands at home, as we know. Um, but we went through the whole campaign unbeaten. So how good was that? And was that probably the, the best Irish side that you've seen? And was there any other standout players there for you, obviously, along with Keane, that Kenneth says? Um, it was definitely the it was definitely the standout Irish team I've seen, and I just think it wasn't just a show up for one game against one of the big teams and you know play well and get a result. Like we did it multiple times. Holland and Portugal were both very good teams, and we showed multiple times that we were able to you know have that spirit and actually play against them as well. Um, yeah, Roy Keane and Robbie Keane, I suppose, are the main ones that that would stand out. You know, you have Duff was around there as well, and you know McAteer and. Ireland had some Ireland had some great Ireland had some great players. Um and we really were able to put up the better teams. And I show I think that was a sign of Ireland's pedigree and um, that we were actually a strong team at that time with some really strong players and um, that could actually compete with some of the best teams. So I think that was a kind of a real eye opener for Irish fans and and that was a real indicator, I suppose, that Ireland could compete with the best and going on to that World Cup that Ireland was going to really give it a good shot and actually do well in that World Cup, more so than I probably a lot of the other teams across Europe would have actually given us credit for. Yeah, definitely. Some Premier League quality players in there, obviously a lot of them playing in the Premier League at that time. I think Keane, the likes of Keane and Duff were only coming through in terms of, uh, I think Keane was in the Premier League with Leeds at the time. He, I, don't think, I don't think Keane was in his uh, prime. I think he was coming into his prime. Duff wasn't at his prime, but yeah, good young players coming through. I think uh, McCarthy uh, mixes it up with some older uh, kind of kind of more more versed veterans as well. Dixon, you were going to say something there. Yeah, I'd just like to touch on. Obviously, we were unbeaten in that group, but we only conceded five goals as well, which is amazing for for that Irish defence. I think because I know Staunton was a quality player back in the day, but by the time two thousand and two came along, he was thirty three years old, and with Cunningham alongside him, it wasn't the best uh, central defensive or central defensive partnership. Yeah. So I think huge credit has to go to Keane for protecting that back four and organising them there. Because um, to concede five goals in that group was was amazing, I think. Yeah, no, 100%. Especially with, with the quality of teams that are, that are mentioned there. Absolutely unbelievable, in fairness. Um, Kenny, you're going to jump in there? Yeah, just looking at, like, you know, you think back to that Irish side. You, you talk about the modern fullbacks of today. Like, we had great fullbacks back then as well. Like, you know, like yeah. Finn and... Gary Kelly, even Stephen Carr, he was, you, you know, um, and on the left side, Ian Hart. Ian Hart was, I think, our, got two goals at least in that campaign. Yeah. You know, you had players there from all angles that could score, but I do give it that, like, our standout is by distance, Roy Keane, who got us there. Like, young Duff at Blackburn, he was the next big thing, wasn't he, in the league? Like, you know, he was looked at by many big sides and he was really, really putting it well. Robbie Keane, you know, you had Stephen Carr there as well, who didn't really get a look in the time, but he was really playing a lot of football. Um, Centre-backs, you know, we were probably a little bit loose, and that's where Dixon's point comes in about Roy Keane being, like, anchoring that back line. Um, Duff, I thought, was, you know, coming through as Blackburn time. He was linked with all the heavy clubs, like, you know, and he got his move to Chelsea eventually, I think, 2003. But, like, he was really... The next up and coming player, Robbie Keane at Leeds, playing that Leeds side after his move to Inter. You know, he looked, we looked like a, you know, we had a good side there ready to go. We had Quinn as well off the bench. So we had strength and depth. Definitely, yeah. 
I think another point to make is people tend to forget that Gary Kelly was actually sent off in that Holland game. So it was actually, uh, we did that amazing result with uh, with 10 men. So that's another kind of a big achievement. And you just see the scenes of all the, the green. As soon as that goal goes in, uh, McAteer, uh, great goal. Obviously, Finn crosses it in, just lands to him. It was absolutely fantastic. One of my first, it's probably my first ever uh, moment watching an Ireland game where I really remember Ireland actually beating one of the big teams, if that makes sense. I just don't remember yeah. beating a, having a big scalp before that, you know. Ten yeah. shivers down the spine. Oh yeah, even it? looking back at it, McAteer. Obviously, we like him from our Liverpool days. Me and Chrissy, of course. But yeah, absolutely, just great. I don't think <laughs> I don't think we've 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 hit them heights um, again in terms of a team. And um, we've obviously hit some some. So we had some good nights, but the team itself, we had an abundance of riches. As you said, Kenneth, we had three uh, Premier League right backs there, and then we had obviously Premier League players throughout. But yeah, absolutely fantastic and a great achievement. We obviously win two two nil at home against Iran. We lose one nil in a very very hostile stadium over in Iran um, so yeah we get the job done and um, Keane is left out of that game um, for an injury which um, will prove to, to come back uh, as a major point uh, going forward Yeah that that one there comes back as a major point where I think he was talking with Sir Alex and Sir Alex said you know he's you got a good 2-0 lead there mm. um, you know you have a knee injury if it can help you know uh, try not to aggravate it so that then leads as later on we'll discuss I'm sure into great depths yeah okay the next kind of big talk, talking point is obviously Saipan um, and probably the most infamous moment in Irish history uh, sorry Irish football history um, it actually rocked Irish football Ireland was actually at a standstill when this happened. Obviously, I remember being nine or ten years old when this was coming out, and it just seemed to be all that was on the news, all that was being talked about in the papers and things like that. We had Bertie O'Hearn talking about it in interviews and stuff. It was absolutely crazy. Um, so Ireland are sent to uh, Saipan, and Kevin Kilban says they were sent there for kind of ten days to kind of get accustomed to the climate, get settled, and have a bit of R&R before they actually travel uh, to Japan, the main part of the, the World Cup. Um Obviously, the, when they're going over and on the flights, the players are in second class with the fans and the FAI executives are up in first class. So I'm assuming there's a, a man from Cork not very happy there. I'm sure Keane's unhappy. Obviously, then they arrive at Saipan and it's not just Keane here who says everyone who, who was there likes a duff, Kilman, Keane, whoever's talking about it. Clinton Morrison mentioned it, that look, the facilities were an absolute, absolute disgraceful. Um, there's no kits um, there's no footballs, it's hard ground and there's already, there's a couple of injuries straight away. Um, Chrissy, that was never going to end well. No, it just just seems like a lot wasn't organised well and I know Keane's famous saying is prepared to, uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So, you know, it was never going to really suit that type of character that expected great standards all around him and to go there to a place where you expected at least to have footballs and a kit and a good ground to train on. So, you know, it was just, it, it just wasn't good. And even, even I think on the plane before they got there, I remember that Keane, I think, got a bit of hassle because with the injury that time and he missed Niall Quinn's testimonial, I think. And the reporters, I think, gave him a bit of hassle about it. And I actually think Keane had a go at the reporters on the plane um, before they even got there. So Keane was actually in poor humour on the plane, you know, before he even arrived at the place to go train. And then he sees all this around him. So I can only imagine 
a, a red raw, I suppose, Roy Keane on the training pitch going crazy. Um, I think, I think then they end up training. Um, and I just think maybe training on the pitch, as you say, a few people get injured and he just he kind of gets into it more. And the goalkeepers then, I think, were tired. They skipped the seven-a-side session and he was angry over that. So there was just a build-up of something after something that just, I suppose, drove Keane, drove Keane mad. Um, and he just wasn't happy. And I think he generally commented that there was just low standards around the Irish camp in general. And this is a team that you would have thought had high standards because look at the qualifying campaign and the way they performed. You know, hearing that the standards are low when you've played so well and the defensive record, we were undefeated in the qualifying campaign, as you said, uh, went up against uh, Holland and Portugal. And then you hear all this coming from the camp and you kind of think, what's changed? You know, what's gone wrong so quick? You know, the facilities are bad. Things are not the way they're supposed to be. But how could the standards have dropped so low already? So, I think there's a lot to, I suppose, think about on that. You know, there's a lot of, I suppose, hearsay with it. But, um, yeah, it just, I'll let the lads maybe dig a little deeper with it. I don't want to take it all up on the lads as well. But, you know, Keane wasn't a happy man arriving in Saipan, let's say. Well, I'm, I'm moving along here. As Chrissy said, there was the, um, Packy Bonner brings the goalkeepers out early in the day to do a bit of catch and ball handling. He brings uh, Shea Given, Alan Kelly, Alan Kelly out. And is it, is it Dean Kylie, the third keeper at the time? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, so we they go out for a bit of a, a bit of catching practice or whatever it is, and then when it comes to the actual five aside or seven aside, Packy Bonner says to Keane, "Look, the, the goalies aren't going to, they're not going to participate. They're a bit tired from earlier. Obviously, Keane is fuming here, and um, so Keane ends up apparently having a little bit of a scuffle, a few words with not a scuffle, sorry, more of an argument with Packy Bonner. Nothing, nothing too major, but it's just standard. Even Packy Bonner says, "Look, it was, it was not. The, the media made a big thing out of that, but." Apparently he was having a go with the likes of Given, Alan Kelly, like getting in their faces about not being able, not wanting to get in this now, get into the training uh, for the five side. Um, and after that, apparently Keane decides look, he wants to go. He's leaving. So this is before anything ever happened. Keane has decided then he's he's leaving. He's not happy with anything. Um, but obviously he 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 then gets his he gets turned around. He, people chat to him. He he makes his he changes his mind as he says, and then he's back. But then Dixon, there's that interview where he, um, I think McCarthy says, look, and Clinton Morrison actually said, all the players were said, look, don't speak to any reporters about the conditions. But I, don't, I think Keane, as captain, felt he had to speak to someone. What's your thoughts on that? Because that's obviously the interview that caused um, the biggest kind of row of all. Yeah, that's definitely true. And you can't blame him for speaking out. Like He obviously had such high standards coming from a club like Manchester United, who... Uh, demand perfection every game. Just to touch on the conditions that were there, um, it's actually said that obviously the pitch wasn't watered, that it was very hard and players were getting injuries. Apparently nobody even rang ahead to the facilities to say that Ireland are going to arrive. We didn't realise you were arriving. So it just shows you how unprofessional the FAI were. Maybe they were too busy booking first class on the airplane over. Um, and from Keane's perspective, obviously, yeah, he would be fuming as the captain. Um, maybe someone could have got into his ear, a stronger personality should have got into his ear to say, look, calm down, Roy, and don't speak out too soon because it seemed like a very uh, knee-jerk yeah, it's reaction. it's very hard right? to say that, though, get a, someone, a stronger personality than Keane to speak to him. I don't think there's anybody was, and especially who, who was the other big senior players, Staunton and, and Quinn, I don't think would, would stand up to him. Um, 
Kenneth, so like I said, he speaks to the media. Um, there's a, apparently the, the players meet for dinner and they're told, look, after dinner, there's going to be a bit of a, a team meeting. Um, and apparently Mick McCarthy comes in with the with the paper in his back pocket and Keane had already read it. Keane had actually proofreaded the 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 state the um the interview and said, Look, that's fine. I'm happy with that. So that'll tell you Keane was absolutely fuming. So anyway, Ken it, it ends up it ends up in the meeting. Um and the first thing one of the first things that, that sparks it apparently obviously there's back and forth, but McCarthy questions Keane about faking an injury for that Iran game which you spoke about earlier. So what's your what's your thoughts there as in that's never going to end well either, is it? When you when you that's the first mm-hmm. thing you do is question uh, Roy Keane. Should should he be pulled one on one? Well, uh, look, it's, it's, as the story goes, this was all done in private meeting between Keane and McCarthy. You know, this was already done. Like you know, a lot of the talks were done. Like Keane, as you said earlier on, had like you know that thing where he was going to go after the goalkeeping thing. That was more Alan Kelly. Alan Kelly told Packy Bonner that. Look, we're knackered. Can we, you know, not do the five aside? Keen ripped his shirt off, ready, you know, ready to rock and roll and get out. Um, and you know, when it comes to them pitch, like you know, things there, like the waterlogged pitch. Apparently, there wasn't even any grass on it. It was just a muddy pitch. Um, so you can see where Keen's come from. No kids, no footballs. Keen has high standards, and that he already had these meetings here with McCarthy, and of course, he speaks to two. Um. Reporters, Tom Humphreys being one. As you said, Elliot, he gets a call the next morning, a half six from Tom Humphreys, saying, look, I need to get this, I want to print this out. Um, can you look at it with me? It's done by eight o'clock. So they go in, they have their dinner. Clinton Morrison says it very well. Clinton's a good character as well. Um, he loves Roy Keane. They've, they get on great together. And, uh, you know, they have their meal at half six, go to that team meeting. They're doing a sing-song. Next of all, McCarthy rocks in with that paper and starts, you know, calling Keane disloyal, faking an injury to, you know, in that game. Like, it's that's that's totally, totally wrong thing to do. There's so many other ways you can handle that, you know, in private. You don't need, you don't say that in front of your whole squad, your captain, your captain, like, you know, it should be, like, Keane should have the right to say to McCarthy, look, which he did beforehand, I want to go there to play in the best conditions, best conditions possible. McCarthy said to him, don't worry, we will. They've had their ups and downs in the Saipan already, but to say that in front of the squad is pretty disgraceful, really, in front of your teammates and staff. Um, So I can understand that like, it gets to a standstill. They're getting standing up, ready to go for each other. Like Zaquin, staff like Mickey Byrne get involved and try to Stop the two of them. Keane says, what are you going to do? Yeah. And basically, as Clinton Morrison, who is on Keane's side, said Mick had really no choice but to send them home for the way Mick kind of went about the whole situation. But it should have been dealt with completely differently. He just had to leave the paper behind, outside. And uh, after they have a team meeting, bring Roy to the side. Roy, we had an agreement. No papers, no interviews, no nothing, and deal with it from there. Yeah. Um. So I'm on the inside on this one. Fair enough. Um. Chris, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I just, I, I just think like I agree with Keen about how bad the situation was and all that, but he, he, he kind of got a taste of what reporters are like and how manipulative they could be 
with the whole the Queen testimonial and how they treat him in the papers. And then, like, to deal with the situation, he actually went with the reporters then to do this interview. And I kind of felt, did he not think that they could manipulate this situation um, to sell papers and do it in a way that they wanted? You know, I kind of thought, was it not, was it like he was after just giving out to reporters on a plane and now he's going to deal with them again and do an interview in a time where he's kind of in the heat of the moment um, and they're going to print this? Was he not thinking, had he not learned his lesson that this could not go well? Um, that was kind of one thing that popped into my head when he was doing that, King, that he, he should have maybe had a little think about it. You know, he kind of had that warning to know that, you know, they will print um, or go with a story that's, you know, going to sell the papers. It might not be the best thing for your country or for your teammates um, that are around you as well. Um, so I was just kind of surprised that Keane in that moment actually went with that decision too. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I don't think... Keane had the team's best interests in mind when he goes and does that does that interview after they're specifically told not to, um, and obviously, Queen, uh, sorry, Keane is is that type of character that look he is a fiery character and McCarty should know that you have to manage players differently. Some need a, a kick up the backside, some need an arm around the shoulder, whatever it is. Obviously, McCarty bringing that in and saying that in front of the team that's I know it's a private meeting, but all the team is there. Keane's gonna. Keane's going to defend himself in front of the players. He's not going to let his um, let someone say that he faked, he faked an injury in front of his the, the teammates that he's the captain of. Um, Dixon, you want to jump in there, but obviously McCarthy does say that to him. But Keane comes back with, uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, plenty of insults, as we, we'll get to know in a second. But what, what's, what's your thoughts there on that? And is it all? It's not all McCarthy's fault, surely. It's not all McCarthy's fault, no, but as Dunphy says, once you weed out the nutters, 80% are on Keane's side. You have to look at, though, McCarthy should have managed it better. Uh, to come in in front of the whole team and accuse Keane of that was just totally wrong. I agree with Kenna there. But I think McCarthy had it in for Keane after their little run-in at the 94 World Cup. I think McCarthy was waiting for his moment to really upstage Keane. Uh, the story goes that Keane was obviously a young, obviously a lot younger then, a bit more impressionable, should we say. And he was out with a couple of the players before a match in the, at the 94 World Cup, World Cup. And Jack Charlton obviously is waiting for him on the bus and he gives him a bit of a going over. And Keane, you know, tells him where to go. And as Keane's making his way back to the to his seat on the bus, McCarthy says, you're well out of order there. And Keane makes a show of him on the bus in front of everyone. So I reckon McCarthy was biding his time. Okay, Kenneth, you want to say something there? Yeah, like um <clears throat> like is this to actually accuse Keane of, you know, faking an injury and in front of you like that sort like calling him disloyal, this is you're talking about one of the most professional footballers to ever play the game. And especially around that time, Keane had standard set. He just wanted the best for the team. Like and that trip over to Saipan on the plane, the FAI delegates were on first class. The players were on economy. Who got changed during the flight? Roy Keane. Roy Keane got a change during the flight for the players where the players moved to first class. Delegates went down to economy. Who he said to them, we're the ones important. We're the players. Which he's right. Like, and you know, I'm sure you're going to go into the insults, Elliot, but like when it goes to that, like, you know, to say the, to accuse a player of that caliber with especially professionalism, 
always want to play, play football. Best on the training pitch, says Morrison, says Duff. You know, you're, you're bound for trouble. And, I mean, that's total mismanagement. But the mismanagement comes from the FAI to start it off to get this far. Yeah, definitely. It's it's almost like a oh, it's like a comedy of errors, isn't it? With the whole thing with the with the training ground, the kits. Imagine getting there as a football team. There's no footballs, and that that yeah. pitch was was made apparently the months before. It was just the pitch was thrown together, and they uh, sure, the, the Aiden officer Elliot didn't even know they were coming. They, yeah. they didn't even know they were coming. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and that's and. I'm not sure that's in Mick McCarthy's hands to organise that stuff. I don't know what, what goes into the FAI. Yeah, the FAI as well. But um, obviously moving on. So after, obviously McCarthy. Now McCarthy maintains he, he didn't say that King's fake an injury, but he must have said something that kind of implied that he did. So I don't think I don't think there's any doubt that something was said there. Whether he actually physically said the word you were faking an injury, we don't know. But I think it was definitely implied. Um and and as the players like Clinton Morrison, Kilban, Duff say that that's kind of what did happen. Um, the abuse apparently that um, Keane throws at McCarthy, um, to put it in normal, to put it in um, PG terms, he said he didn't respect him as a player, as a manager, and he said he had no he had no first touch, and he said you're not you're not even uh, you're not even Irish anyway. So I think the likes of Holland, um, Clinton Morrison, and the boys have put their heads down. Gary Breen, I'm not sure if he's is he proper Irish. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. he is, is he? No, yeah, you're I right. He, I, I don't, nobody's accent, he isn't. But, um, like I said, <laughs> just 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 quickly as well, lads. Um, Staunton actually comes out and says, look, Quinn and Staunton said, Look, after in the kind of the, the, the post, um, the post row, um, press conference, that there is a line and Keen crossed it. Now, I don't know if that's a bit of luck. The lads are saying, Look, what's the point in us going up against the manager as well? We don't want to go home either. So they have to either have to get in line or they have to actually, or they can be walking as well. Um, but I think you're right, Ken. I think when it came to that, when, when, when Keane was kind of look, look, what are you going to do, Mick? I think Keane was already in an awful humour. I think people talk about, look, he was absolutely a fantastic captain, but I think he lets himself down there a couple of times, a couple of things there when he does the interview when they're told not to. And when when he decides when he decides after having row with the goalkeepers that he's going home, so he already was going home one time, he, and they have to beg him to stay. Like it's almost it's very very. I know he's he plays for United very like the highest of standards, but I don't think he was conducting himself in the right way either. He has he knows he's the captain. If, if everyone does what he does, uh, and, and starts abusing the manager, what's that going to do? So I think you have to realize that Keane's not all kind of on the good side here. It's not all about, and like I agree, McCarthy definitely didn't handle it correctly. But I think Keane definitely has a lot to answer for as well. And again, he ends up he ends up um, being sent home. Yeah, but at the same time, when they're in that meeting there, Elliot, players had a chance to speak up and say their and voice their opinion. No one spoke up, and then for Alan Kelly, Niall Quinn, Steve Staunton, thirty minutes after that whole episode went to go into a press conference and say what they did. It's quite cowardly, really, to not really just approach Keane and say what you have to say in front of Keane. Because, again, why not try and sort the issue there and then? As with, like, you know, of course, Keane is a character, all right, and he might respect some of the players or some of their opinions, mm-hmm. but why not try your best to resolve that besides going to the press and then putting a big story out which goes... 
out to the the public, to the world, and it causes controversy in the whole country. The big divide, and you know, Keane is a hero to all of us at that age, and we're probably don't know about you guys, but most people are in tears, aren't they? Yeah, but you're being negative about uh, McCarthy doing an interview, but Keane does the interview as well before that, which starts it all. So you have to, you can be negative about McCarthy doing the interview. It's 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 to, it's so close after that row. It's almost like it was preempted. Look, let's get Keane out and do this, get a statement out so he's gone. But uh, yeah, Keane does that interview as well, which causes all all that stir. Which they're told not to do the interviews. He is Keane doing the interview and telling the papers that the, how bad the conditions are. That's not going to help anything. I don't think anyway. Um, no, I don't think it's doing anything. Like I don't think he said anything wrong there about the conditions, though. I, like I, I understand he shouldn't across Mick McCarthy's wishes. But exactly. He didn't. He didn't say anything about the Irish team or McCarthy. It was more about the conditions of the pitches and you know to have no kits, to have no balls, to be running around. Steve Finnan apparently rolled on his ankle. You know he knew there was injuries there. There wasn't even medical equipment. So. I think because especially for a man like Keane to have those sort of standards, I don't see it. I don't think he did anything wrong. He proofread the whole thing. Um, but McCarthy again, I, I do agree, you don't cross a manager's wish, yeah, 100%. Okay, so lads, um, Roy is ultimately sent home. Um, obviously, the, the, the island of Ireland is completely split in two, like I said, Bertie Hearn's talking about it's on every news channel, it's on every channel. Um, that you turn on the telly, it's on the radio, it's all over the place. Every, it's not all everyone can talk about school or in work or whatever it is. Um, but a statement comes out from the players. So I'll read out the statement here. Um, the manner of Roy's behaviour prior to his departure from Saipan and the comments attributed to him since have left Saipan, oh, sorry, have left staff and the players in no doubt that the interests of the squad are best served without Roy's presence. Dixon, what Keane says to McCarthy must be bad if the players are coming out with that statement. Yeah, it must be. It must be. But you have to realise that I'm sure those words were kind of put into their mouths, if you like, and in order to keep a front that the country, or sorry, the team is united, I think they had to come out and say something like that. So I'm sure a lot of players did feel like that, though. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure probably 75% of the players felt like that. But for the collective and the greater good, a statement like that was always going to be needed from um, the players just to show the country that, look, we're going to carry on regardless of losing the, the best player in the squad. Yeah, that's one thing they did get right, the uh, the FAI. I think they needed that statement just to show a bit of cohesion um, with the team. But while that's happening, while the players are over to World Cup, Roy Keane's at home doing interviews He's out walking his dog with the Diodora tracksuit on. Absolutely horrendous tracksuit. Uh, I think Clinton Morrison <laughs> gives him a bit of stick for that. Um, he, he's out doing, and he's out doing interviews. That's, that's another thing where the question is, is that good for the team where he's doing interviews on, on the back of being sent home? Chrissy, are you going to say anything about it, Mr. Keane, tonight? Yeah, well, I have to say, if you actually listen to Roy Keane now, he can't wait to give out about lads talking to the media or not concentrating on their football um, who are digging in into media all the time. And here he is in Saipan, instead of, you know, getting on with the football, yes, the facilities and everything are bad, he's talking to the media. And now when his teammates are over at the World Cup, he's still talking to the media. Um, you know, I think the Roy Keane of now, if this was a different player, will be giving out a lot about that player. You know, I think if it was somebody else, 
And to be honest with you, yeah, so he's definitely not doing the team any favors. You know, they would, he's the inspirational captain. He would prefer if he was there. I suppose they all had to deal with the conditions too, you know, which just wasn't keen affected by it. Um, I know he felt that he had to say something about it, but, you know, they all had to kind of suffer and get on with it too. And, you know, uh, Keane went home, obviously wasn't happy, but I think for Keane, it was bad enough going home, but kind of, you know, going to the papers and doing these interviews, I just really thought, as I said before, that he would have learned that, you know, there's enough going on, give the players a little bit of time to concentrate in the World Cup. And then if you want the voice, all the concerns you can, there's no pressure on the players or it won't interfere in any way, um, you know. But at that current time, you know, I think there was so much in the media about the Irish team that a little kind of a cool down or a calm down time for that team would have done them probably all the better. You know, I definitely would have felt that at the time. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, look, I think we've gone through the, the Saipan incident enough. I think, look, in, in my opinion, look... And this last point on that one there, I'd, I'd, I'd have to disagree with uh, Chrissy on that. I'd have to, you know, there was stuff said about Keane by the players. The players got to say out their side. There was stuff even said about his wife and stuff like that. Roy had every right to try and put the story straight. Who, who, who said stuff about his wife? You know... It's the country. There's stuff going back and forth from different journalists. Yeah. It's going around. It's uh, Roy speaks about it, and uh, he had every right to put his story straight. Where you know, other, where the players are coming out and saying that there, which you know they're right. And Shay Given even says that galvanizes the players. Um, Duff says like you know when Roy left, it let other players breathe. But Keane had every right to say what he had to say. Um. The whole, even the T shock, everyone involved wanted Roy back. Apparently, according to Clinton Morrison now, and Clinton speaks very well throughout his whole. You listen to everything that they had agreed for a comeback. You get like the T shock, as we said, got involved, but they missed the cutoff date. Uh, Colin Healy was meant to go as well to replace him again. He missed out on the cutoff date. So, um, I do think Roy had every right to say what we wanted to say. So, I disagree with Christy on that, right? Lads, we, we'll finish talking about Saipan, I think. Um... Look, a lot's been said about it. It's just it's funny to go into it. Just one funny story I heard um, uh, Duff saying that when Keane's actually walked out after he's being sent home, he, he walks out and it's it's all quiet. And apparently Gary Kelly starts singing, there's only one Mick McCarthy. And then like so everyone has a bit of a laugh. But but apparently Keane's only gone about a minute or two. So Keane probably can hear them all singing that. So he's probably like, what are these lads doing? Like, you know? Having uh, a having a Elliot. Yeah, go on, yeah. Uh, apparently Dean Kiley, who's on the quiet lads in the group. He stood up and he said, I'd like to say something, Mick. And everyone kind of turned around and looked at him like in shock. And he said, if you want, I can do a job for you in midfield. And uh, apparently the whole place erupted. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's so many funny stories that go, go about it. I was trying to say to you early, earlier, Elliot, which was uh, Shay Given was playing something in Amsterdam when they hit the they had to go through Amsterdam to Tokyo and Shay Given put a thing of Roy Keane on gift group <laughs> loud on the radio. Um and Roy you could see him going red, red, and the players were slagging them. Keane didn't get paid from the gift group Fergie and a few others did, but Keane didn't and he you know he was about to lose his temper at Shay Given. That's why Packy Bonner blames Shay for all the goalkeeping things. Yeah, I think he had him riled up with a uh... With the uh, what was it called? The wasn't the upper match. What do you say it was called there? 
gift crew. Gift crew. Was, that's still going strong, apparently. Yeah, yeah. but oh, look, Given said yeah. Keane had a bit of a laugh about that, but yeah, I think Packy Bonner tries to push a bit of blame on, on Given there. So, in a word, lads, who was in the wrong, McCarthy or Keane? Dixon? I think they're they both in the wrong. One. I know, I think they're both in the wrong, definitely, but I would uh, portion most of the blame on McCarthy there. Kenneth? Again, both wrong, but I would blame McCarthy because the agreement, Keane had already spoken before they went. Keane wanted all the best and he wanted the best standards like England, Holland, Germany, um, all their, sort of what they got and all the treatment they got, facilities. This was all agreed by McCarthy. He should have discussed it with the FAI and to say what he did in the room in front of teammates is disgraceful in my eyes. So, both wrong, but I would side on Keane. Um, I will go... I would go keen. I don't think it was McCarthy's job to have all the gear. I think that was the FAI, and I think they're the main blame. I blame them more than McCarthy or Keen. I'd be quite honest. But I think Keen talked to the media first, and I think he set the spark um, going. So I would go with Keen, but both were both were wrong. And the FAI are the main blame for me. I blame them more than anybody else by far. Of course, yeah. Who do you think, David? One hundred percent. I agree with, Chris, with everything Chris has said there. So it's just it's funny how we're we're obviously split two and two as well. So and the whole country was split. So it actually yeah. is a, it's quite funny that we're all split as well. But lads, we have to move on eventually and start talking yeah, about yeah. football because we did play at the World Cup and we haven't since. Um, so we'll move on a bit. Um, all right, that's all over. So it's a bit of a, a mad one, obviously all the turmoil that's gone into it obviously the players talk about team leaving that it obviously galvanized it could have galvanized the squad and look it, it starts off we're in a group with, with Cameroon Germany and the Saudis obviously the Saudis end up being the kind of ragdolls of the group um, but that uh, so we get a, a vital draw we obviously go one nil down to, to Cameroon Dixon but um, how vital was it to not lose that first game because you, you lose your first game you're really up against it aren't you and I wore on that Matt Holland strike because it's underrated strike for me yeah, it's a lovely little daisy cutter along the turf. I uh, love that one. Um, yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant to get a point there against Cameroon because that Cameroon side were highly touted. They were a highly rated team back then. Uh, some quality players in the ranks. I think we were really brilliant to come out with that group because we were under pressure to win against Saudi Arabia in the last game and we did the job 3 0. Duffer's lovely little celebration to the crowd. So um, brilliant to get out of the group and critical that we did not lose that first game. Yeah, 100%. And um, so we, we get the draw there. And that, that uh, it's one of my favorite goals, favorite Irish goals, obviously, because first time I remember the Irish goals, that strike from from, um, from Matt Holland. I don't remember, was that on really early on a Saturday morning or something? I can't, I can't, I can't find what time it was on. I remember getting up, it, was, it would have been like a half nine or 10 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday morning or something. Local time, it was whatever time, but I just couldn't find it out. But I remember getting up really early to watch it, just always yeah. felt like Christmas morning getting up. And then we go on there now and then. <laughs> The goal goes in, proper Irishman, Matty Holland. It's such a great, I think people have to remember, it's such a good strike. It falls to him. and It's a long way. Out, like. A really good strike. Yeah, it's, it's, you don't realise it's a proper strike. It's like, 30 yards. It's well able to hit the ball. Everything about it, the commentary, the, the crowd roaring, just the way, you know, some goals just look better on the eye others. It's just one of them ones where just, when it comes across me, he has to hit it first time. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. So we get the draw there. It's a good result. Um, but now we have the, the small task of facing Germany, Kenneth. 
we, we go one yeah. nil down to Miroslav Klose. This is one of the best Irish performances I've ever seen. Talk about Paris and stuff like that. That's a, that's a fantastic. Too, but this man. performance was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, that's yeah. the first time yeah. I remember what? seeing that Robbie Keane proper celebration, the the, the tumble and the the the, the, <laughs> the gun the gun yeah. shots or whatever he calls it. But what about that match? How big of a result was that for for us? Obviously, Germany go on to get to the final. Yeah, man, what a game. But what a performance from the Irish lads. We were on the back foot, like, you know, in a lot of this game, close to scores, I think pretty early on, roughly 20 minutes in or yeah. something like that. Um, but we do defend for our lives. We are pushing as well. And I think Quinn comes on in the game and we have a route to go forward. It's all laid forwards, up, roofed up. Quinn wins a beautiful header. you got to realise how good that header was to win that. Keane's touch past the defence and the finish. Can gets a touch to it. And you got to remember, Oli Can is one of the top, if not the top goalkeeper around that time. Yeah. And, oh, 92nd minute, 92nd minute. Oh, shivers oh. down the spine now at this second, just thinking about it and the celebration, the, you know, the, what was it, the cartwheel, the tumble, and the two fingers shinging Brilliant. out to each hand. Oh, but what a performance. You know, um, well managed by McCarthy in that game, like you know, substitutions and uh, real the Irish spirit, the Irish spirit, lad. as you said earlier on, does the Irish have spirit? There's your yeah. proof, and the fans after the game, players over, you could see a full green. And yeah, amazing. we were proper amazing. knocking the door in that match when we went one and down. We were obviously on the ropes a little bit, but we were proper knocking the door. We had a couple of chances. I think Quinn knocks one down to Duff, um, and Can comes out to save it. And- yeah. I think uh, I robbed this stat on you, Dixon. Only two players scored mm-hmm. against Cannes that were cup. Obviously, Keane and the other one being uh, R9, Ronaldo, phenomenal, as they call him. But yeah, Dixon, I remember you telling me that one. That's absolutely crazy when you think about that. And he, he just crazy. about squeezed it in yeah. between the post. I know Cannes does get a touch because he, as Cannes said, probably the best keeper in the world at that time there. Absolutely. Would that be your favourite goal, Elliot, that you've seen in the Irish jersey? Just for the moment, it was oh, in as well. 100%. Well, about you, lads, definitely. has well, to be. That, that, there's no, there's no better, because you just think. We're playing against Germany, there's no way we're going to score, and then it goes to the last minute. Oh, absolutely madness! But we have a couple of other good moments. Uh, Dixon, you, you, as you said, look, we we get we have to we get two draws there, so only on two points. But we need to play Saudi Arabia, who I think Germany bet them by a ridiculous scoreline. So we had to. The first two matches, the pressure wasn't on us; we're kind of the underdogs. But this match, the pressure was on us. But uh, Chrissy, I, I remember Damien Duff standing out big time in this, but obviously Kane as well. And Keane, who'd only scored two goals in 10 games in qualifying, so he really announced himself on the on the stage, but we really had to go and beat Saudi Arabia. Great result. Yeah, brilliant result. And look, we, we kind of uh, had our battles with the bigger teams and done really well, and now we were kind of favourites going into that game. And, you know, I suppose people knew a bit more about us, and we really had to kind of lay down a marker. Um, and I think we really did. We were really strong in that game. Duff came to life. He's seen more of a creative, I suppose, side to Ireland as well, and you know, we had some great players. You know, I know Keane is not there, but we still had very good players. And as the lad said before, I think Kenneth said, we had la- we had players, when you compare with now, playing at the top of the Premier League, you know, you know, players that were actually, you know, playing high up in the Premier League. And that makes a difference to the team. Mm. And I'd just like to give a, a massive shout-out because it's not talked about enough. Roy Keane leaves. There's there's a discontent in the camp. How good of a job did Steve Staunton do as captain to take up from Roy Keane in that tournament and to do so well. You know, it's not it's not actually talked about enough. And I said Elliot as well yeah. that he was 33. 
you know, a 30 year old yeah. centre back at a World Cup, like that's not easy, you know, to, to and you've your the main player you had sitting in front of you to protect you as well in a player like Keane through the qualifying campaign is gone. So what a job he did. But yeah, Ireland were against Saudi Arabia played really well and it was exciting times for Ireland, you know, going into that game against Spain then, you know. Yeah, it's obviously it's great. Obviously the Saudi Arabia match um our our our, our real our goal scorers come to the fore, obviously Keane Duff and Gary Breen. It's great to see. Um, <laughs> Gary Breen's goal. Gary Breen's goal was amazing. Kenny, do you dream of a team of Gary Breen's, honestly? <laughs> With finishes like that it's one there, yeah. That's a striker finish. That's a striker's finish. The keeper for Saudi Arabia in for us that day in fairness. Like, but yeah, we were great performance. Yeah, like for Duff's goal anyway. For Duff's goal anyway, he just I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, like what is it? <laughs> But Gary Breen's goal is one of the goals that's remember for me. What a finish. Yeah, and a, and a shout for, um, obviously, Mark Kinsler that comes in there and plays centre mid as well. Because I don't think he would have started if Keane was there. Yeah. He, he played fantastic, especially that game in Germany. Uh, so a big shout out to him as well. Um, so obviously we go on and we we end up uh, coming second in the group. Obviously Germany uh, finished top. Um, we're drawn against Spain. Another massive team. Um Spain, Raul, Morientes, the likes of them players, Mendieta. I'm sure you can name a lot more lads. Um, Casillas in goals as well. So like, every position probably had a... We talk about Ireland having good players, but this Spain team is on another level. Um, Fernando Morientes puts them 1-0 up. I don't, people, a lot of people don't remember who actually scored for uh, for Spain. Talk about that game a little bit, uh, Kenneth. Like, we miss a penalty. And then to go on and get the 1-1. Yeah. Crazy scenes. Crazy, yeah. Like that Moriente scores, I think, about eight minutes in with a header. Um, that's a good header. He gets across Gary Breen's a very good finish. Um I thought the game we you know it was backs against the wall against such a Spanish side there. You named a few players there. You got Hierro in his prime at the back there, Barajav Warren was a good Valeron off Deportivo at the time. Deportivo were such a good side. But um yeah, what a, what a performance then. Like, we missed a penalty with Ian Hart, good save from Casillas. He read it well. And we get another penalty, which you, you don't see many given, like, you know, for um, Hierro's holding um, Quinn's jersey. You don't see enough given, like. Um, the referee was right to point to the spot, and Robbie Keane does what Robbie Keane does, picks the back of the net out. And, uh, I mean, it was a good penalty in the extra time. I think they had a player who got injured who went off the pitch. They were down to 10 men from an injury. And, uh, like, we were pushing. In that extra time, we were pushing. We had shots from Connolly and others that just went wide, like a post, like yeah. really good performance. And then the penalties, oh, like, like it's a lottery, as you know. Um, I think we had two scores in Robbie Keane, Finnan, Mendieta, obviously, with the decisive one, but... Um, there's a lot of talk about that after, isn't it? Like, you know, about the Roy, if Roy Keane was there or not. But it, putting the performance in the context, it was a great performance. Yeah, 100%. Dixon, we weren't, we're never going to get a chance to, uh, we're probably never going to get a better chance to get into a quarter final of a World Cup. That they, Spain were there for the take, and we had so many chances. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the Germany performance being one of the best. I think the Spain one could have been even better. Um, we actually had more shots than 18 shots to 11. More possession, 55% to 45%. They had three yellow cards. We had none. So they were making cynical tackles in the final third. You know, we had one of the 
well, I know they weren't the Spain team that went on to win, obviously, the Euros and World Cup, but they were still a quality team and we had them on the back foot, I think. And I think the Quinn substitution was the turning point. He really gave us an outlet and allowed the likes of uh, Duff and Keane a bit more space to play. And just to touch on Duff's performance, it's probably the greatest performance I've ever seen in an Irish jersey anyway. He absolutely tormented that defence, had them running around uh, chasing shadows, really. And he won one of the penalties in that game as well. But then going on to talk about then, obviously, Hart missing the penalty in normal time. Like, Jesus, uh, there's no better man to take the penalty. He had an, over an 85% conversion rate from, pen, from the spot in his career. And he would have banked on him scoring that. Like So, God, uh, if um, if only he'd have put that in the back of the net, you never know what, what would have happened. And then you go on, we could have played South Korea in the quarterfinal. And you never know again. You'd probably expect us to beat them. It's crazy. Well, it was a crazy year. Chrissy, people say it was a, was it was a weak World Cup. I don't think we're ever going to get. Another, I said to Dixon, we're never going to get another, a better chance to get to a quarter final. But as Dixon said, South Korea, we surely a semi final could have been reached. But I think people go too far when they say, "Look, oh, if Keen was there, he would have won it. Definitely wouldn't have won it." But it, it was crazy how close we were to to get into the quarterfinals without Keen. So if he was there, how far do you think we actually would have got? It's it's. It's one of those that you could say, like, the team rise to the occasion because the whole Keane thing that happened. But then you have the other side of the view where you say a quality player like Roy Keane and you're after getting to the, the, the quarterfinals against Spain that you would definitely move on even closer. You know, so I kind of, I suppose I'd have to probably go with the point that if Keane was there, I'd like to think we'd have gone on further because we had displayed in the qualifying rounds against Portugal and Holland that we were up there with the best in Europe at that time, in the world maybe, um, that we were up there. So I, I think with Keane against Spain, I'd have to say that we would have went further and won that game. And, you know, who knows how, how far we could have went. We were able to surprise the likes of Germany, Spain, Holland, Portugal, as good as the other teams were, like Brazil that won that on their day, Ireland. Like we were a horrible opposition to play again, you know. And, mm. yeah. We didn't get beat. And then Niall Quinn, like Ireland had a way of playing, right? And Niall Quinn was used as a plan B and he was just a nightmare for teams as a plan B. They You know, he was just a big, yeah. tall man in the box, a big ball uh, hoofed in, you could say it, hoofed in, and he was just causing havoc and they couldn't deal with it. So, you know, we were a real kind of, uh, we were kind of a really impact team, you know, with our game plan A and game plan B, and we caused so many of the big teams trouble. And if Roy Keane was there, you can only imagine or think, you know. And then when the tough times came, we had Roy Keane who had, you know, been there with Man United on those tough days. Like his leadership ability, as good as Staunton was, imagine his leadership ability in those times to get even further. You know, we can only imagine, I suppose. But um, No, I, I go there. I think Roy Keane would have got us through that Spain game. Uh, it would have been South Korea next, would it? Dixon, you know, is a South Korea next yeah, on the yeah. list if we got through that. I think we would have got through that, and that's who would you go against in the semi final? Then Germany, then again, you never know to even get you know, we've done so well in the, the group stage against them. There's no yeah. you know, that's without Roy Keane, so imagine with Roy Keane, so you know, you get the extra time, you might get a penalties and see how it goes there. Like, so I'm not saying we would have got past Germany, but I do think we would have got the semi-final. Yeah, it's crazy. 
personally, I do. Maybe even for maybe you know maybe this final. I'm not saying definitely, but with Roy Keane there, you definitely have a better yeah, chance. Hundred percent. And it's as as mentioned, we don't lose a game in ninety minutes, and obviously so in the. Uh, in the 10 qualifying games, was it 12 or 10 qualifying games? We were unbeaten in that as well. And Keane obviously led us through that with being top scorer. But yeah, it's only... And you'd probably argue that the Holland team was better than the Spanish team as well. Do you know, and we beat them over two games. So I think if Keane was in this idea, we definitely would have got past Spain. It's crazy. It? Just a, a last point, lads. Obviously, we they've done the country proud. There's no doubt about that. They remember the kind of heroes reception day. Um, they, they got. I remember hearing the first time I hear Robbie Keane and Damien Duff speaking, I didn't know they had Dublin accents. You know, you're I thought it sounded like a Kildare man like me, so it was a bit of, just I remember thinking that was weird for some reason. Any other players that obviously you mentioned Duff, we mentioned uh Staunton, Keane, as in Robbie Keane, uh, and Breen, of course. Is there any other players that kind of stand out? I remember Given was absolutely fantastic in a couple of them qualifying games as well, but he was he really stood out for me in the World Cup. Is there any other players that maybe didn't get a mention? Um, for yourselves Steve Finnan for me did very well when he came on I remember in the first game for in Cameroon for McAteer um, I thought he couldn't deserve a mention Kilban did well Ian Hart especially yeah. I thought Connolly was a good option off the bench as well he scored a few goals in qualifying uh, I mentioned Quinn already I think Quinn was a handful and he, he really helped us in you know, when the game had kind of gone on and it was getting near the end of games, like you think of the Germany game, the header knocked down and then getting the penalty in the Spain game and those big moments, he was a real impact for us coming off the bench. Yeah, 100%. Lads, hopefully we'll get to a World Cup again. Hopefully we'll get to a World Cup again soon and we can have some more some more good memories. Hopefully it's not with um, captains getting sent home and all this kind of, kind of stuff. But um, I couldn't see Seamus Coleman doing it, so we'll have to see. Um, how do we not mention Rod Little how did we not mention Rod Little (laughs) I'm going to leave that I'll leave that bit in at the end (laughs) you you saying that (laughs) 